Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? I'm CT. I'm Kyle, and you're listening to What's Up, Nephew? Powered by Athletes 360. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? I'm like, what's up? Where you been? What you know about? Oh, no. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up with you? Oh, yeah. What's up, nephew? Hello? Yo, what's good, nephew? What's up? You ready to get started, man? Yeah, I'm ready. What's up, everybody? It's Uncle Nephew back again for another episode of What's Up, Nephew. I know it's been a while. We've been busy. Basketball season started back up. We've been doing a lot of stuff with athletes, but we, we're happy to get back on, on, the, on the roll and bring you guys another episode. Today, we're going to talk about the NBA draft, and our athlete of the week is LeBron James. So let's jump right in. All right, so first we got this or that, and my um first question is, who do you think was best dressed for the NBA draft last night? Ooh, so you know, they I feel like for the most part the players they didn't really do like you know what the NFL players did during the draft. You know, everybody dressed up for the NFL draft. You know, everybody had their own thing this year. They, some dressed up, some didn't. But I'm actually gonna go with a guy that actually went undrafted. But, you know, when I saw his, his outfit on IG, I was like, oh, that was nice. It's um, Khalil Whitney from Kentucky. I mean, he had on, like, his 10 suit. I believe it was Gucci. Gucci suit. Then he had the, um, the turtleneck. Nice turtleneck to go with it. Then he, like, had on the Gucci socks and the Gucci sneakers. I was like, okay. I like that. That that was hard right there. Who you got? Um, I'm going to go with um, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, yeah, like, it was, it was like, nice too. It was like a baby blue flower print, like shoot on the inside. Yeah, Black Lives Matters and not coming to the league. I'm guessing that's probably like where he was from or where he grew right. up at. And yeah, I just like the colors on it. It popped out. And, yeah, and the accent with that burgundy with the um with the um bow tie and the inside of the yeah, jacket. Burgundy was, bow tie. Like, yeah. Okay, I'll give him that. I think a lot of people actually said that he was the winner. All right, next question. What L.A. team had the best offseason pickup, the Lakers or the Dodgers? That's a good one. Um, Man, that's a tough one. I mean, both of them came out with a championship. Like, you know, the Lakers, they picked up AD, brought home a championship. Like, they weren't even a playoff team without AD I mean they were close but they didn't make the playoffs and then you got the Dodgers um they were actually you can tell the Dodgers were like a couple of pieces away from being champions so they you know when they got Mookie um I'm gonna say ooh, I think because I think um AD got more years left I think I'm gonna go with the Lakers had the better pickup um, I'm only because, because Okay Why? Only because what? I was Only because I think Eventually The Lakers squad Is going to become AD's team And they're going to build around him mm. Yeah 
But um, I'm gonna go with AD too because like the season before they wasn't even a playoff team, and yeah. for him to and they went all the way to the championship and won. It was just really just one player just because of one player, and then like his playoff performance, like he was very unguardable. Like it was hard to stop him. I could really only name probably like two games where he really didn't really show up, and he still had like 20 points. He just really didn't show up on the boards, but still, I just feel like AD he gives us a very very big impact to the Lakers. Yeah, that's and true. I, but now that you said that, but now that you said that, it made me think about Mookie. He had a big game like every single playoff game. He came yeah. up big from the you know we thought they was gonna lose when they was down. Three one, and um, Braves. yeah, to the Braves. So it was like, okay, but still, though, overall, I think looking at longevity, I think they got to look at that pick. Yeah. All right, my last question: Which was better, Kyler Murray's throw or DeAndre Hopkins' catch? Ooh, I mean, right now, I think that that's up for the Player of the Year. Who do you? What do you think? Um, I'm going to go with Kyler throw. Really? The only reason I'm going with his throw is because, first off, first off, the pass was spotting him. Like, yeah. The pass, DeAndre Hopkins was standing at, it just came straight towards him. Um, He threw it on the run. He threw it while also trying to dodge defenders. Um, he was able to scramble out the pocket and just launch it while still being on the run. And I just think that pass, it was amazing just leading up to the catch. I'm gonna go with Colin Murray stuff. Yeah, and you forgot the biggest thing. Like he's five two. <laughs> and he's short. He's real, real short. <laughs> nah, but um, yeah, I, I think I'm actually have to go with the catch though. Um, Diop, best in the league to ever do it. To be able to go up against what was it? Four defenders. It four defenders. It was three. Yeah. Okay, so Diop be able to go up against three defenders. Everybody's hands is going reaching for the ball, and for him to come away with it and securing laying laying on his back. Okay, I got to give it to him. Um, the throw was good, but I'm, I'm gonna have to give it to that catch because like usually is a lot of quarterbacks can put that put that throw on the money like that, like to give their player a chance. So. But for him to be able to come down with it among all those defenders and win the game, I'm gonna have to go with um Diaz. Yeah, his his catch was amazing. I mean, like for for him to catch that on three defenders, and I don't know if, if he caught that also on Josh Norman. You know, Josh Norman is supposed to be a great cornerback, so um, that catch was amazing. But I also think that the pass was very underrated. I'm going to go with Colin Murray. But that was my last question. All right. So let's move on to our next segment. What's NNA? What's NNA? What's NNA? 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 All right, man. So we got a lot to talk about this NBA draft. Like, a lot of things happened yesterday in the NBA world. And we just wanted to start talking about it. So let's let's just first let's jump into the draft. So overall, let's just start with the first couple of picks. Like, what are your thoughts? Um, what are your thoughts about the draft? 
Um, this draft, I really don't feel like I've seen any stars, like any future stars. I think I've seen a lot of like future role players or good players, but I don't think a lot of these players can carry their own team. Really? Nobody? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I really seen anybody. Nobody really wow. stuck out to me. What about um, Anthony Edwards, the first pick? Do you think that was a good pick for the Timberwolves? Um, for the Timberwolves, um, yes, I do think that was a good pick. Um, I heard they were talking about first drafting John James Wiseman and talking about drafting Lamelo, but Anthony Edwards, I mean, he can handle the ball, but he he's also a very great shooter. And um, being that they already have D'Lo. I feel like they'll make an excellent backcourt together because he's going to handle the ball. He's going to dish the ball. And for Anthony Edwards to be right there on his side to catch the ball and shoot. And how tall was he? Six, seven, six, six? How tall was he? For Anthony Edwards? Yeah. Anthony Edwards, six, three. Oh, he's six, three. I thought he was way bigger than that. But, I mean, still, being at the way that he had to shoot, he averaged basically almost 20 points per game last year in college at Georgia. Um, I actually went to go see him play. Last year while he was at Georgia. And um, I just think he's going to be a great fit with the Timberwolves. Okay. Um, I'm just going to jump. Well, to new, you know, we got news today that Clay Thompson is injured again. Clay. He has another season. Yeah. Yeah. And has another season in the injury. And we really got that news kind of late. Um, yeah. man, that they draft, they went with James Wiseman at number two. Now that we know that Clay is out, what do you think about this number two? Um, now that I think about the number two pick, I think that they probably should have traded it. Mm. Um, traded because the Clippers said they had traded it anyway. Um, I think just because of Clay's injury. Because I actually feel like James Wiseman to the Warriors was a great pick. Um, because something that they needed is a big man. I mean, a 7-1 big man center. Got a nice little touch. He's going to crash the boards. He's going to dunk the ball for you. 7-1 with a 7-6 wingspan. He's going to play defense for you. Um, I think that's something that the Warriors were lacking. And I think that's something that they needed. Um, I think he's going to be a way better center. Then um, Kevin Looney. So, honestly, think that, that that was something that they needed. But being that Clay is now out, I think that Clay is more essential or a bigger piece than what James Wiseman is going to be t- towards that team. So, I think they could have traded that second pick and probably got another player that could probably just replace Clay Thompson for the season or something like that. So, yeah. Um, what do you think about the, um, the Lamelo Ball pick going to Charlotte? I think. Personally, like, so I actually like Lamelo Ball is my favorite player in the draft. To be honest, um, I think the potential, his potential, and is, is is unlimited, right? Like, if he really puts his mind to it, I think he can be probably the best player to come out of this draft. What What are your thoughts mm-hmm. about Lamelo going to Charlotte? Um, only reason I feel like Lamelo Ball went as high as he did is because of this draft class, like, this draft class wasn't really stacked. It wasn't a lot of players who just really stood out. Um, 
honestly, in my eyes, college was kind of boring. College basketball was kind of boring to me last year. Because it, it really wasn't nobody that was real, real exciting. So, um, I honestly think that's only you went number three. And I don't think, I think he's going to be a bust. I think he's going to live up to all what? the hype. You took it that far? Yeah. You I think he's going to be a bust? No. I don't think he's going to live up to all his hype. I mean, he's not going to be a bad player. I feel like he's going to be a decent straight player. I feel like it's going to take him a couple years to develop into a straight player. But, like, he's very goofy. He doesn't excel at shooting. He doesn't excel at finishing. He can pass the ball. He can run the floor. And he doesn't excel at playing defense. So, I don't see him as being as big star as everybody's saying that he's going to be. And for him right. to get drafted by the Hornets... If I'm gonna get drafted by the Hornets, um, I think the Hornets did very, very great with last night's draft. They picked up um Lamelo, um, they traded for New Orleans pick, and they got the um a big man from Kentucky who was real, real decent and nice last year. I mean, like 15 points per game and eight rebounds. And they also um drafted Burning Carey, and I also think that was a steal because I don't think that he should have went that late in the draft. I think he should have went way earlier. So yeah. I don't know. I think Mike. I think Mike did, did his thing this year. Okay. My thing is though, like you, you said that you say Lamelo is going to be a bust. Take away his dad. Take away big baller brands. Take away, um, you know, all the the madness dropping out of high school to go play pro ball and just watching this take. You don't think that guy is special? I just don't see it. Like. He doesn't excel at shooting. He doesn't excel at finishing. He's not a terrific defender. Like, I really have never seen him play defense ever since he's been in high school. Um, so, I, I eventually do think he will probably be a player who could average a triple-double, but it's not going to be a special triple-double. It's going to be like a probably a 15 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists type player. He's not going to be like an MVP status type player, I don't think, ever. Um, I think he's just going to be a tad bit better than his brother Lonzo. And as just taking away LeVar and all that, I just honestly don't, I don't see it. I don't see it in his game. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, one of the other things I want to talk about is Kentucky, Kentucky basketball. Um, they had seven, seven players to enter the draft and only three of them were drafted. So we had Tyrese Maxey, he went 21 to the Sixers, Emmanuel quickly. Went 25th to OKC, and then Nick Richards he went 42 to the Pelicans. Um, and then the other players, um, Ashton Hagen, EJ Montgomery, Nate Sinatina, and Kyle Khalil Whitley they all went undrafted. Is this the fall of, of the Kentucky um, breeding ground, or was this just a bad year? Um, honestly, I just think this is a bad year. Um. And you said Khalil Whitney. I don't know why he declared for the draft. He barely even played. Um, I thought he decommitted midseason away from Kentucky. But, um, like, I just, as I said, this draft, college basketball last year in all, like, nothing really exciting me about college basketball. Nobody in my eyes really stood out. Um, now, I do feel like, like, um, Ashton, um, Haggins, I think he got passed up on. I think he should have got drafted. Um, I think he's going to be a nice point guard, like probably a nice future six man. Um, 
But I don't think this is a fall. Most definitely with the draft class. I mean, most definitely with the recruiting class that they got coming up this year and the year after this. I feel like um, the players that they have recruited, that they're going to go somewhere. I think they're going to be top picks eventually. So, no, I don't think this is a fall of Kentucky. Do you think not having the tournament hurt some of these players' stuff? Um, yes, because I feel like there's always a hidden gem. There's always, mm-hmm. it's always one player out there that always show out. He like he always shows out in a March Madness tournament. We had Stephen Curry. It's been it's been plenty of players that really went to like a little school or a not as known school. And as soon as they made it to the tournament, they just did their thing and they bought out, and boom, they got their chance to go to the league. So I feel like the tournament probably did. It, it, I feel like it hurt a lot of players' careers. Right. All right. Um, and I, my last question is still, who got the steal of the draft or 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 the undrafted steal? Which team? Um, The undrafted steal, Miles Powell was one of my favorite college players. Um, He went all four years, and I've always been a fan of him all four years of his college career um he won um player of the year last year and he went undrafted to the Knicks and I don't know how he went undrafted um, I feel like he's a terrific scorer um he doesn't play bad defense he could finish at the rim he could shoot with a defender in his face anything probably the only thing he really likes is size but other than that he can ball so for him to go undrafted and for the Knicks to pick him up um, I feel like that was a big steal, and um, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say his name, but the Heat drafted him at like number twenty, number twenty-one. Um, yeah. Precious, in the first round. yeah, in the first round. Um, Precious. Oh, uh, the, the power forward from um from Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was a, a great steal. Um. And not only just because of how high he went, but I'm saying that because of the type of team that the Heat has and the talent that they have. So um, I feel like him with Bam, I feel like that's going to be a great. Um, I feel like that's going to work very, very well. Um, and another thing that the Heat really didn't show last year is that they really didn't show that they had a big man other than Bam. And I feel like he's going to be able to step up and be that big that they was missing last year. Yeah, and the good thing about Precious is he can he can actually guard uh, multiple positions. You know, he's long. I think I think they say yeah, like a seven seven three wingspan or something like that. So yeah, he'll be able to um, guard a lot of different positions. And also when they go small ball, you know, that he'll get to stay on the court. Um, yeah. I actually think my steal is the number forty eight pick by the Warriors, Nico Manning. Oh yeah! I think, oh yeah. yeah! I think he went very low. Mm-hmm. I think he went very low. I think the Warriors got a steal, um, and I think actually they're going to depend on him. The guy can shoot lights out. I think they said, you know, I think he might have shot um, over his career. I think he might have shot close to forty percent, or a little over forty percent throughout his career. But you know, he was a baller at Arizona. He was a baller. Um, his whole career and I think you know I think he's he's got a chance to he's gonna have to step up now that now that Clay is out yeah now that Clay Thompson step up. but this is the time yeah. for him to really get on the map and you know really show what he's done and I think the dope thing about him you know he got drafted 
um, number 48 by the Warriors, and his dad was also drafted by the Warriors at number 43. Oh. Um, yeah. So I think that was an interesting fact. Okay. Um, and then other news, we got what, – what about some of these trades that have been happening? Like, any of these trades stick out to you that you um, disagree with or you like? Which trades do you, which trades do you like? Which trades don't you like? Um, I think um Dennis Schroeder to um to LA. I think that's a straight pick. Most definitely with them um losing um Rajon Rondo this year. Um, I think that was a good trade for the Lakers. Um, right. Danny Green got traded to two different teams, so he went from LA to OKC, and as soon as he got to OKC, he got traded again to the Seventy Sixers. Um, I like the CP3 to the Suns. I love that trade. Um, I feel like the Suns they needed they needed a point guard. I feel like um Devin Booker needed somebody that could help him. And being that they drafted CP3, I think that's a player that's proven that he's willing to lead a team, he's willing to help, he's willing to every team he's been. It's like they kind of just throwing him around the league now, and I feel like that's very very disrespectful to CP3. Cause I feel like he's one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. But um, he's proven like that any team that, he, that he's gone to in the recent years, he's took them somewhere. Okay, she last year not really having anybody being able to still take them to the playoffs. So um, I think that was a great trade for the Suns. Yeah. I like that trade. Like, uh, I agree. I think my favorite trade is um, – Trade for 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 CP3. Um, CP3 has shown that like even though he's a little bit older, he still can produce and produce at a high level. So I think that's going to be good for them, especially for a team you know that had a pretty good ending to their their season. I think you know he can only add to that, and you know also you know be a teacher to some of those young players over there um, with the Sun. Um, I really hope. You know, that, the rumors are that Rondo might be leaving, but I really hope that, you know, somehow the Lakers can figure out how to keep that man. <laughs> like, I feel mm-hmm. like he was he was some of that glue. He was some of that glue. Yeah, that, but um, what is making him want to leave? Huh? What is making him even consider leaving? I think some teams are going to offer him, like, real good money. You know, like, you know, the Lakers, mm-hmm. they probably close to the cap, so they can't offer him mm-hmm. much more than the veterans minimum. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, a team like the Hawks, they're considering offering him, you know, a $15 million contract. So, mm-hmm. it's like, do he want to keep getting rings? Do he want to keep, you know, shooting for rings? Do he want to go and, and make a little bit more bread to end his career? Um. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited though. I'm excited, and it's like basketball just ended and it's about to start back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was our happy segment. So moving on. And now the athlete of the week. All right. So this week's athlete of the week, um, being that you know we just got finished with. Um, you know, the 2020 presidential election. Um, we in Georgia, you know, we we got one more election coming up, um, the, the Senate runoff here um, in January. So I thought it was only right to talk about, you know, LeBron James. 
Um, and he's our athlete of the week. So I really don't even have to ask you, but so but I'm gonna ask anyway. Tell me what you know about LeBron, man. Um, LeBron James, uh, um, four-time NBA champ. Um, he's lost a lot of championships, but he's been there a lot. He went almost <laughs> ten years straight. Um, he went almost yeah. ten years straight. Um, he's won the Super Bowl with three different teams. Um, each Say team he's ever been to. I mean, not Super Bowl, NBA Finals with three different teams. Um, he's considered the GOAT, or at least top two NBA players of all time. Um, and yeah, that's LeBron James for yeah. you. That's LeBron James. LeBron James Sr., he was born December 30th, 1984 in Akron, Ohio. Um, LeBron grew up with his mother, and they often struggled financially, moving from apartment to apartment. And at one point, you know, LeBron moved in with his youth his youth football coach Frank Walker and his family, um, and that was who actually introduced LeBron to basketball at the age of nine. And then you know we all know about the stellar career LeBron had in high school. Um, as a freshman, he averaged twenty one point six rebounds to St. Vincent St. Mary. Um, as a sophomore, he was um, Ohio Mr. Basketball and selected to the United States. Um, USA Today, all all first team, and you know, as a sophomore, he was the first sophomore to ever do that. Then his junior year, he ran it back, he did it again, and then you know, people were considering him to be the best um, basketball in America right now. Um, that year, he also went on to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated and became the first high school basketball underclassman to do that. Um, and then his senior year, he averaged 29 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. I mean, those numbers sound like what he's still doing. <laughs> yeah. He was named He was named again the Ohio Mr. Basketball and selected to, you know, the all USA Today first team. Um, and he also became, you know, the first person to be named Mr. Basketball three times, first team three times, and – um, win the National Gatorade Player of the Year um, two times in a row, his junior and senior year. Mm. So, you know, following his junior year, he was selected by the, the Cleveland Cavaliers as the first pick in the 2003 draft, and he's had a stellar 17-year career. You, you named some of his highlights. Um, four-time NBA champion, four-time finals MVP, four-time league MVP, six-time, 16-time all-star, 13-time first-team All-NBA performer, five-time NBA All-First-Team defense performer. Um, LeBron has been legendary, just as legendary, off the court. He's been ranked um, as Forbes, one of the, as in Forbes as one of the most influential athletes of all time. And in 2017, he was listed by Time as one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Um, in addition to his business ventures, such as Spring Hill Entertainment and his minority stake in the in an English Premier League team. He also has a foundation, the LeBron James Family Foundation, and the I Promise School, which is a public school designed to help students and their families. And then we all know, um, well, I don't know, a lot of people know, but in 2015, um, LeBron, he announced a, a partnership with the University of Ak- Akron to produce scholarships for as many as 
2,300 children beginning in the year 2021, sending them um, to college for free. Um, mm. And, you know, LeBron, he, he said, you know, that was probably the most important professional accomplishment that he's ever done in his entire life. Um, in 2016, I'm just going to talk a little bit more about some of the other things he's done. He donated $2.5 million to the um, Smithsonian National Museum of African-American History and Culture um, to support the Muhammad Ali exhibit. And then we also know, you talked about it a lot on this podcast, a lot of the stances that LeBron has taken on controversial topics. Um, and then on several occasions, you know, he's mentioned that he feel, he feel that because of his stature, because of who he is, he felt um, as an, an obligation to use his status as a superstar to invoke change. And most recently, you know, LeBron and other prominent athletes in entertainment started an organization more than a vote, which was devoted to um, supporting black voters and fighting against voter suppression. So not only did they, you know, um, help get more people registered to vote or whatever, but they also um, negotiated with sporting venues to across major cities like all across the nation so they could be um polling locations. You know, we had one here in Georgia, um, at the State Farm Arena. And like the way people talked about it, you know, it was like so smooth, you know, that was like one of the smoothest places to vote in Georgia. You know, people were saying, you know, they were in and out in less than ten minutes. Um so that that was quick, you know, they didn't have any kind of issues. You know, before actual election day, um um people were People that early voted, they were like, man, I was in and out in five minutes, no problems, all that. So LeBron, you know, he was in the morning vote initiative. They was instrumental in doing that all across the nation. They also did things like um, got people to the polls to be able to vote. So, you know, they paid for their transportation and those types of things. Um, Yeah, so I think he was a large contributor. That You know, I feel like, you know, it was just – it was dope. Not only LeBron, but like the way that all the athletes came around, um, around voting, right? Around making sure that everybody had this uh, equal opportunity to vote. Um, even like people like you know Patrick Mahomes, you know that he he bought more voting machines to put in the Kansas City Chiefs uh, arena so they could vote. You know, you know they they wanted to use their arena as a place to vote, and they was like, nah. It ain't enough machines. So he's like, okay, I'm going to buy some more machines. So now, you know, now what's the excuse? So, yeah, you know, so that that was LeBron, you know, in a nutshell. You know, I just really thought it was a perfect opportunity um, to talk about LeBron James and, and his leadership off the court. We all know how great of a leader he is on the court, but to talk about it off the court, especially during one of the most important elections of our time. Um so yeah, yeah, so like thinking about this, thinking about just talk, let's just talk a little bit about voting. You know, you know a lot of people feel like voting doesn't matter. I know, I know you're young. I know you got what two, like less than two, well, a little more than two years, two years, before gonna, yeah, before you can actually vote. And um, you know, a lot of people feel like voting don't matter. They feel like their vote doesn't count. What do What do you think about voting? Do you think your vote when you Turn eighteen. Um. Yes, I do think I'll vote. Um. 
Then I've seen, like, different presidents and different senators and different governors and all this stuff in office. And I've seen, like, how how big of an impact that these people have had, like, on my state, on my life, actually, on my life. So, um, I feel like a lot of people, like, take voting for granted. A lot of people just be like, nah, I don't want to vote, or they just skip it, or something like that. But I feel like um, voting is essential and key, because if you don't vote, you get somebody in office like like Donald Trump. So, um, I feel like when I turn 18, I will most definitely vote. Yeah, and um, one of the other things, like, one of the simple things that, you know, non-voters say is my vote don't count. Like, my one vote doesn't count. But if you really watch this election, this past election, very closely, like, people were winning by thousands of votes. Like, like you know, it, it wasn't no landslide. It wasn't no slaughter. Like, it was, like, close. Like, you know, too close to call where they having to, you know, recount votes in multiple states um, just to make sure that they got the right winner. So that right there tells you that your vote does count. Your vote does count. And also, um, you know, you know, for me, when when I turn 18, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, our birthdays are around the same time. So I was actually one of those people that like turned 18 and could have voted, you know, in the next election before like a um a presidential election but i didn't you know i was mm-hmm. like you know nobody really thinks i think it was like an election for like to vote for like the sheriff and, and maybe a couple of local positions or whatever but to be honest those those type of positions impact you more than whoever the president is like yes it does matter who the president is as we've seen these last four years but it also matters who's in office in these local positions and you know you know i didn't know the importance of that as an 18 year old so like yeah when you turn 18 you got to make sure not only are you voting for who's becoming the president and who's going to be in senate but also you're going to vote for you know who's going to be on the school board right who's going to be who's going to be the sheriff of your town um who's going to be on on the city council like those those are if not equally, if not more important. And I think a lot of people forget that or, or lose sight of that. And also, missing those elections also, you know, make it be so, like, your pre- your choice of president might necessarily can't do nothing in office. So, you know, when um, Barack Obama, he went up for a second term, you know, the House, the House and the Senate both turned Republicans. And they blocked every single every single thing that um, President Obama tried to do. They blocked it so that he couldn't do it. Uh, from you know appointing new Supreme Court justices, um, you know trying to expand some of these things that he has had going on, like initiatives and stuff like you know um, Medicare and all those types, like healthcare and all those type of things. They blocked everything so he couldn't do nothing. But if everybody would have just turned out like they turned out in the presidential elections, you know, you know, that, that probably, um, would have been a different story. He would have probably been able to got more than what he already was able to do. So I think, you know, I think it's important to vote. Um, did you have any questions for me about voting or the whole process? Yeah. So, um, 
I always see this thing about popular vote, and it's like, it's these big numbers, millions, and it's just huge numbers. And then it's like, the election depends on electoral votes. So it's like, us people, like, we're out here doing all this voting, but it's like they only count the electoral votes. So, like, how does that work? Yeah, um, that's good. So, like, you're right. So every other election um, is based on the popular vote. So just who got the most votes. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the Electoral College is kind of like – it kind of goes back all the way back to slavery, right? It goes back to slavery when um, people felt like if they didn't – if you didn't give us a certain number – a certain number of delegates or whatever, we wouldn't be able to have equal representation in office, right? So the Electoral College was um, created to give, like, better representation for all the places. And as we're seeing now, it's it's flawed. It's flawed. So because of the Electoral College, places that, like, Major cities are like um, Pennsylvania and Georgia, where the majority of the people are voting are voting a certain way. It's showing that they vote in another way because um, of the electoral college, because the, the person won a certain number of districts. They might not necessarily want a popular vote, but they want a certain number of districts. Does that make sense? Um, a little bit. What? Okay, so tell me what, what part did you get, and maybe I can explain it a little better. So it's like the popular vote still does count. Not right? really, though. The popular vote doesn't really count for president. Yeah, I'm just talking about for the president. I understand about the other things. But for president, so if the popular vote doesn't really count, why does, why did, like, you know, everybody making all this fuss about going to vote? And you need the vote and stuff like that, but it's like the vote don't count. The popular vote honestly doesn't count. Right. Well, because if the more people that you have to vote, right? So like let's let's think about um think about Georgia, like in Atlanta, in Metro Atlanta, Metro Atlanta is probably a democratic um area, right? So like if you get a bunch of people to go out, um, regardless of the way they got it set up. They can't; those numbers can't help but to show up and count. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. To be honest, though, the electoral college isn't fair. Like people um, have been calling for it to be abolished for years now. Like mm-hmm. um, it, in a lot of ways, it doesn't reflect the way that. Um, this nation is really voting, right? Um, so it shows you that as a nation, it's more people, you know, that that are, you know, becoming more forward thinking, more progressive thinking. But because that we have this old system that you know was implemented during slavery, um, it, it's really starting starting to reflect, and that's and that's also why you can always see that, like, you know, it's, it's no push to change it because, like. To be honest, if if we were to abolish the electoral college, um, Republicans probably wouldn't even exist <laughs> no more. Like they would have no power. They would exist, 
but they wouldn't have any power. Yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah, I think that's one of the things that you probably should, you know, get a better understanding of, and one of the things that you probably should, when you are able to vote, to start looking for, you know, people that, that you know, are, are aligned with your views, but also, like, are trying to push things forward, you know, like, at this point in our nation, I believe everybody should be able to go to college for free, right? Regardless yeah. if you get a scholarship or not. Um, at this point, everybody should um, have free health care. You know, it doesn't make sense. We, we're supposed to be the greatest the greatest nation in the world. And, you know, we got people in debt because of college. We got people in debt because of they can't afford health care and all those type of things. So I think you should, you know, look for candidates that are trying to actually, you know, advance. The nation forward, you know. Let's let's what are we what are we doing about um, the environment? What are we doing about pollution and all those type of things? Like, so yeah, just just a few tips. <laughs> all right. Um. So yeah. So, did you have any other questions? No. All right. Our athlete of the week, LeBron James, and we move on to our final segment of the day. Uncle Nephew. All right, so our ask Uncle Nephew um, question of the week. You know, I wanted to just change it up a little bit. You know, this would be our last episode before Thanksgiving, so I just wanted to, you know, just ask you, what are you thankful for? Twenty twenty. What are you thankful for in twenty twenty, man? Um, I'm thankful to still be able to. Do something that I love, which is play basketball in the middle of this pandemic. Mm. Um, my season could get canceled at any time, and from still to be able to play it, like for it not to have been canceled already, and for him still to be able to give me a chance to still play and prove myself, so I can make to, so I can make it to the next level. I'm real thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for my family and friends, being that even even though through this pandemic. Like, we still been able to communicate and talk and, you know, still probably not spend time with each other physically, but virtually still being able to spend time with each other. And, um, I just feel like I've been making the best out of this pandemic. I found little things, like, um, I had a movie day with my girlfriend virtually around when the pandemic first started. So, um... I'm just thankful thankful for a lot of things. Yeah, that's good. Um, for me, I, I think it's similar, you know. 2020 was a crazy year. Like, like nobody ever would have thought that it would have been a crazy, like, you know. Because, you know, you know I, we, I was, you know, taking you to basketball practice and stuff. And who would have known, like, that last time that I took you to basketball practice would have been the last time that I, I've seen you in person since um, forever, since a long time, right? Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, like, me and your relationship has grown, like, through being able to do this podcast, you know, we still been able to talk regularly and talk about some of the same things that we always been able to talk to. Um, and, and that with the rest of my family, too, right? You know, that we able to, um, in a lot of ways, get a lot closer 
um, because we, you know, it, it's you have to rely on communication and not just um, you know seeing somebody and being around somebody. You actually have to talk. So I, you know, I'm grateful that you know, even in the midst of this, that we've been able to do that, um, be able to communicate and be close to family. Um, I'm also grateful that you know that we still you know me included and, and all my family you know still have jobs I still have homes and don't have to worry about you know foreclosure or missing rent payments and all this stuff so so far in this pandemic you know a lot of people have lost jobs you know a lot of people have been laid off and I'm just happy that you know you know people that I know including you know my immediate family have been fortunate enough to so far be able to keep our you know employment and having a place to lay our heads every night and, and food on our table yeah and, and you know I'm just I'm, all, I'm also glad that you know that we finally you know have somebody that's leading our nation well I mean we got a couple of months to go but that, that's like this got to take this pandemic series right and yeah. you know at least try to try whatever best that they can do to to um get us in the right direction and try to end it like we're going over it's going on a year it's going on in a year now and yeah. i think it's so we're blessed we're blessed to you know still be here but you know and i'm thankful for that but I'm also thankful that we finally have somebody that's like really taking it serious and really not taking all these steps as it is what it is and these numbers going up every day as it is what it is and it's going to finally take it serious. So yeah, that's what I'm thankful for. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was our episode for today. You know, it was, it was good to get back in in the booth with you, man. Um, yeah, you know, I hope that we can get another episode really soon, but you know, with these crazy schedules, there's no telling, so we're going to just try to get on it when we can um, and bring you guys, you know, the content that you're looking for. Um, so before we leave, I want to leave you guys with a quote. Um, it's from track legend Usain Bolt. The quote is, the sky has no limit, neither should you. And, and Makai, what's, what song are we going to close with today? King Vaughn, how it go. What made you choose that song? And the reason I chose that song is just because um, King Von recently just passed away. And um, for a lot of people who didn't listen to King Von or didn't know who he was, um, I feel like this song really describes like how his life was. How from when he was at a young age, he was just in and out of jail, getting in trouble, and basically just trying to kind of turn his life around. And just basically telling you like how it was for him in the system in prison and jail and all that stuff so um I think King Vaughn he really he he told a lot of stories but he also like let you know how his life was and um I just really like that about him alright I'm looking forward to it I actually never heard of King Vaughn so R.I.P. Young King R.I.P. alright y'all um so that's our show for today see y'all next time all right, see
When you fighting them cases, court days coming slow. The man was no joke, you just gotta have hope. And don't say give a what they say they know. Give a they fine. Give a damn who they get. I bet the won't stick my last rap with They get I'm 28 years, cause the won't close his lips. Be cool, be patient. Cause the ops still hating be the same. Broke them statements and them take. They was too scared to face you was going through that like Jason. Well, you gotta be a fool. How you dash cool? You giving names, you ain't playing by the rules. Leave his ass in the pool. Of his own damn blood, it's the type of shit don't make the news. See, now you just chillin'. You just waitin' on trial. Gain them out by going wild, you know you got a child. And his mama ain't but I know you learned that by now. Her she with the ops. If she was just when they blocked with the same you was trying to pop. Man, gotta stop. Now you locked in a room, you just plug and wait, do a push up. You better check on your bro. Cause the on the new came in, said he heard he got smoked. Better check on your. Cause the same little she out there right now getting poked. They just ruin your day. Now you tryna start a fight, saying better stay out your way. Fix your face. Why don't nobody give a fuck? Everybody going through the same thing. Let me tell you how I go in hell. Boy, it's kinda cold in hell. You ain't got nobody making stole in Better hide your pole in Got getting old in hell. Might lose your soul in hell. Been gone for a couple years, man. A couple years. Let me tell you how I go. What's up with you? Oh, yeah. What's up, nephew?